Yes, yes, y'all, and you don't stop to the beat, y'all, and you don't stop. Yes, yes, y'all, and you don't stop. A one, two, y'all, and you don't stop. Yes, yes, y'all, and you don't stop until the beat comes. Says the beat is sure shot. Come on, I met this girl when I was ten years old, and what I love most, she had so much soul. She was old school, but I was just a shorty never knew. Throughout my life, she would be there for me or the regular. Not a church girl, she was secular. Not about the money. Those dust was my checkered her, but I respected her. She hit me in the heart. A few New York niggas had dinner in the park, but she was there for me, and I was there for her. Pull out a chair for her, turn on the air for her, and just cool out. Cool out and listen to her. Sitting on bone, wishing that I could do eventually if it was meant to be. But it would be 'cause we related physically and mentally, and she was fun then. I'd be geeked when she come around. Slim was fresh, Joe, when she was underground, original, pure, untapped, but a down sister. Boy, I tell you, I miss her. Yes, yes, y'all, and you don't stop to the beat, y'all, and you don't stop. Yes, yes, y'all, and you don't stop. One, two, y'all, and you don't stop. Yes, yes, y'all, and you don't stop. Come since y'all, and you don't stop. Yes, yes, y'all, and you don't stop. You act, yo, we gotta be the sure shot. That's periodically I would see old girl at the club, sit at the house party. She didn't have a body, but she started getting thick quick. Did a couple of videos and became. Came Afrocentric. Out goes the weave, in goes the braised bees medallion. She was on that trip about stopping the violence about my people. She was teaching me by not preaching to me, but speaking to me in a method that was leisurely. So easily I approach. She dug my rap. That's how we got close. But then she broke to the West Coast, and that was cool. 'Cause around the same time I went away to school, and I'm a man of expanded. So why should I stand in her way? She probably get her money in L.A. And she did stud. She got big pub, but what was Foul. She said that the pro-black was going out of style. She said Afrocentricity was of the past. But、well, she got in the R&B, hip house, bass, and jazz. Now black music is black music, and it's all good. I wasn't salty. She was with the boys in the hood, 'cause I was new for her. She was becoming well-rounded. I thought it was dope how she was on that freestyle shit, just having fun, not worried about anyone. And you could tell by how her titties hung. Yes, yes, y'all, and you don't stop to the beat, y'all, and you don't stop. Yes, yes, y'all. And you don't stop. Yeah, you don't check it. I might have failed to mention that this chick was creative, but once the man got to her, he altered her nature. Told her if she got an image and a gimmick, that she can make money. And she did it like a dummy. Now I see her in commercials. She's universal. She used to only swing it with the inner city circle. Now she be in the burbs, licking rock and dressing hippie, and on some dumb shit when she comes to the city, talking about popping rocks, serving rocks, and hitting switches. Now she's a gangster, rolling with gangster bitches, always smoking blunts and getting drunk, telling me sad stories. Now she only fucks with the funk, stressing how hardcore and real she is. She was really the realest before she got into showbiz. I did her, not just to say I did it, but I'm committed. But so many niggas hit it that she's just not the same. Letting all these goofies do her. I see niggas slamming her and taking her to the sewer, but I'ma take her back, hoping that the shit stop. 'Cause who I'm talking about, y'all, is hip hop. To the beat, y'all, and you don't stop. Yes, yes, y'all, and you don't stop. One, two, confidence is going to drop. I used to love her. 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 I used to love The time is five minutes to eight on Monday, the twenty ninth of September, twenty fourteen. My name is Geraint Thomas, and I'm Simon Payne, and you're listening to episode ninety three of our anniversary. Ninety three Monday.、Uh, let 93. me just check. <laughs> What day is it?、Uh, like Neighbours. Yeah, it's um, it's also five、uh, to eight in the evening. Yeah, not the morning like last time. We're、yeah. back to back to the the evening. Well, we're we're all over the place. Let's not. Yeah, ninety three. It is episode ninety three. You were correct. And I, I knew it was. You got it. Nailed it. You still got it. So, how's student life treating you? Um. Yeah. It's it's good. It's a lot different from being a student the first time. 
in that like I'm going to lectures and spending most of my time in the library. And You're stuff. actually trying to do things. Yeah, exactly. So it, it, it's good, but boring as far as comedy goes. I feel like what you need to do is is maybe like once what one like when's the big student night in in manchester now well i've already i don't know all the time all the time uh, constantly and and even in the afternoon it's a big student night so when at any given evening then once every two weeks you should just have a bender evening where you go and enjoy enjoy student life as we used to know it yeah well i I, give you a bit of perspective I, i mean i definitely need to go to like beat a bunch of 18 year old students and teach them how to party right you should yeah Yeah. i need to see that i need to expect can i be there as well as your like uptight foil yeah of course yeah you can be the dean yeah that's (laughs) what like just dress in a leather elbow padded like (laughs) cauldron And smoke a pipe. Yes. I'm not kidding today. Uh, at lunchtime, I, I sat out in like um, one of the sort of like garden areas at the university. So obviously I went to Manchester University, so I know like the quiet places to have lunch. And yeah, I was sat down in this garden eating my sandwiches. And uh, and yeah, what I, I hope was a professor sat down with a leather elbow jacket smoking a pipe. So. Amazing. <laughs> I've always wanted to like to like poke my head out of an office and scream, Thomas! So you know, yeah, exactly. I can be, can, I'll be a perfect dean. We can set that up, <laughs> <laughs> and it's fine because there's no there's no actual risk of expulsion from the university because I'm not the real dean. I have no actual power. Yeah, they can't do anything. To no, you. it's fine. <laughs> They'd probably be questioning how I got into the dean's office and what yeah. I've done with the real dean. But yeah, it doesn't matter. Even why, that in and of itself is a form of tomfoolery. It's like tomfoolery-ception. And they'd be asking why there's a dean at a British university as well. All of these are perfectly good questions, which I have no intention of answering. <laughs> will just be a mystery to everyone, except except our listeners. And they, they won't know either, but they'll pretend they do. Yeah. <laughs> just like all fans of complicated things. Yeah, exactly. So they can look smart to their friends. Yeah. That's, that's what it's all about. Anyway, being a fan of something is looking smarter than everybody else who doesn't really understand it. Yeah. Um, so I, I thought I'd start with some story from, uh, from the great city of Manchester. Um, this is from the Clifton area of Salford. Uh, where there was a bomb threat today at 8.30 this morning. Oh, good times. There was a bomb report. The police went round. The building was evacuated. Bomb turned out to be a remote control and a TV antenna. (laughs) Confusing at best. Yeah. (laughs) But see, the thing is, I bet the TV antenna didn't have a bleeping red LED on it, did it? Well, I mean, it could have been. That might have been why they thought it was a bomb. Maybe that would make sense. In which case, I'd like it makes. I, I understand now. Yeah, everything right. about it makes perfect sense. Yeah. It's a like if they, if they never seen those two things together before. No, not in that part of Salford. <laughs> it's true. They don't. They're, they're not allowed televisions there. I guess. <laughs> but they know what a bomb is. <laughs> strange, a strange part of the world, Manchester. <laughs> well at least nobody was hurt that's no, good well yeah no i mean I don't know, someone did they tri- did they destroy the television antenna in a, in a controlled explosion no um so officers found an antenna well to be fair okay the antenna was poking out of a letterbox so i'm assuming what happened was that someone lazy was in the flat and wanted better reception so they thought I know, I'll stick for uh, antenna outside, but I can't be bothered opening the door. Um, and uh, there was a remote control on the floor inside the flat that could be seen through a window. Um, <laughs> this is so weird. Like they, the fact that anybody would see those two things and then think that it's a bomb. Well, the neighbours thought that it looked like a bomb. Uh, the police evacuated uh, the flats, uh, but the package was found to be harmless. I like that it describes it as a package. Yeah. Um, inquiries are ongoing of course they are I don't think we'll hear much more about that will we (laughs) so yeah there you go Manchester terrorism news good times there's not really been any terrorism news from Leamington Spa really it's not really a terrorism hotbed if I'm honest with you no Um, no 
I don't know, it seems like the sort of place where people would spot things and assume they were bombs. Uh, yeah, 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 I guess so, possibly. I think everybody's just like it's such a it's such an idyllic British like large village that everybody's like, huh. <laughs> just the concept of anybody bombing anything doesn't in- enter into anybody's mind. Yeah. They're like the the worst thing that could have happened was maybe maybe there'd be some undercook undercooked pork at the artisanal food festival. Oof. And that's the closest to, that we get to like a bioweapon strike. Everybody gets a little bit ill because yeah. of pork because the pulled pork wasn't quite done. Oh dear. Uh, like Which would of, be very hard to do, to be honest. Speaking but, of artisanal food festivals, there was actually one here two weeks ago. Yeah. Um and I went to it and I was hoping to like actually get a meal there. But it would appear that everybody is on this weird, like all of these hipster food places are on this really weird, like like authentic Brazilian street food kind of vibe. Really? Like, come and taste our authentic, insert developing nation's name here, street food. Like, no, I don't want to. It's, that- you're calling it street food. I don't want to try your Cambodian street food. I want to eat like, like something that's been made in a kitchen. By somebody wearing a hairnet. I mean, it, it comes back to my thing about how I don't want to eat something that describes itself as handmade. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I want it to be, like, like shat out in a uniform clump by a machine. That might have something to do with the fact that I work in a food factory. Yeah, but, um, yeah, I mean, that, that's all because I went to a, a food fair recently and most of the food on offer was um, sort of, like, ribs and, like, enormous amounts of pork and beef basically like manchester's still very much on its man versus food kick I well think. that's good because uh, like we've now i guess like the the other end of that is like the next it's like they've tried to do food food cart culture but mm. not really understood what that means well yeah because so no one in leamington's ever actually seen a food they don't know what that is yeah <laughs> but they read about it in the travel section of the telegraph yeah and decided to try it out <laughs> A lot of fudge as well. I enjoyed the fudge. Oh, fudge is good. Never, yeah. never, never be upset about fudge. Also, everywhere I go at the moment has churros. Like those yeah, what are they? We, like, I saw them. There was a lot of those going on at the American have, have theme you not, Have you not had those? I've not had, never had oh, a churro. It's no. amazing. You should go for that. that, that that's, my, that's my recommendation. I didn't even know what one looked like. Like we have been At this point, we'd been at these the, uh, Universal Studios for about a week. And I didn't even know what a churro looked like until a Transformer made a joke about one. And right. I was like, oh, that's what one looks like, because they're showing like a scanned-in picture of a churro being analysed by, by like, Ironside. Ironhide, yeah. Ironhide. Ironside is that president. No, no I, the, I, Ironside is the, the detective. The detective. Yeah. Wasn't it an affectionate nickname for, uh, for, for, for the wheelie man who won the war? The wheelie man who won the war. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm you know, the wheelie man. The, the, the wheelie man, so uh, it's, a, it's either FDR That's the one. or it's Patton. I'm like, I was Patton in a wheelchair as well. No, he was in a tank. But oh, of course. Wheels, so, like, it could have gone a lot of ways there. I didn't really know which one you were going for. <laughs> No, yeah, I've got, I'm thinking of FDR. That's I don't think he was ever called Ironside. I feel like are he you, should have been. You're, you're just getting him confused with the detective who was also in a wheelchair. <laughs> they do cross over a lot in my mind. <laughs> Very similar theme tunes. <laughs> what, like the idea that FDR had a theme tune is amazing to me. But to be honest, anybody, if anybody was going to have one, it would be the president of, a, of, of wartime America. Well, the Presidents do have a, they've got a little theme tune, don't they? Yeah, what, is they it Hell to the Chief? Yeah, exactly. They they always play that song whenever they go into any room, don't they? So oh man, so they do have theme tunes. Yeah, they, they all have their own theme tune. I mean, it would be better if they had individual theme tunes, like a wrestling theme tune. I'd mix it up. If I was President of America, I'd have Return of the Mac as my <laughs> theme tune. <laughs> be a pretty good theme tune. It I'd would. Think. No, I, I think I'd uh, I'd have I had regulate by Warren G and Nate Dogg as my <laughs> theme tune, <laughs> which would which would both be a good theme tune and would sum up my opinions on the economic system. <laughs> 
and also like like and everybody would be worried because they're not sure like does he mean that he wants increased regulation of lobbyists or does he mean that like he knows how to shoot a semi-automatic pistol yeah, for maximum he... for maximum bullet grouping and efficiency <laughs> yeah is is he going to regulate wall street or is he going to let his gat explode i don't know i, I really don't <laughs> you want to keep him on edge obviously have you ever seen the um, the the radio edit of uh, the, the, the if you search YouTube for regulate by Warren G and Nate Dog, which I do on a regular basis, of course. Um, the the radio edit when he does the line, I'm going to let my gat explode, like cuts the line gat. So it sounds like <laughs> so it just sounds like he's making a dirty joke. It sounds like he's going to make his dick explode. <laughs> That changes the, the the song quite a bit, especially as the next line is. Then I switched into freak mode. <laughs> <laughs> Which I mean, it's disturbing either way you look at it. But still. I'm assuming that that in the in the context of the original um, song, freak mode is a kind of 1990s like gangster bullet time, isn't it? No, freak mode is um, is when you get freaky with ladies. All oh, so. right, okay. So so, so he. He kills a bunch of people and then he switches into freak. All oh, right, okay. Are these the women that had seen him earlier on in the car? Yeah, when when they when, were when, so impressed by his ability to regulate. Yeah, their car had broken down and then he goes to pick them up and takes them to a motel. Oh, good. Yeah. Sounds well. like it. So there we go. That's that's the themes that you'd like to to, uh, to define you as an, as an yeah. American president. Yeah. Well, to be honest, I think they go for. Yeah, exactly. Who wouldn't? A lot of those more uh, more Republican states would probably be quite down with that message. <laughs> yeah, they love guns. Yeah, you'd have to wear a massive cowboy hat while you did it. Yeah, so so I guess my 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 slogan would be regulate everything apart from guns. <laughs> They'd love that. They would. Yeah, and regulate like the R in regulate is a pistol, and it's shooting a, a bullet through all of the other letters in regulate. Yeah. <laughs> then we're going to start a presidential campaign for you yeah i think so congratulations already Pre- pre-congratulations president thomas yeah shall i start calling myself president-elect guy <laughs> yeah that would be like and i could be vice president those would be really weird press conferences if you come out to regulate and i come out to return of the mac <laughs> no totally free still Maybe uh, everybody will forget that we're white for a, for a couple of minutes. That's never going to happen. Never. <laughs> um, right. Uh, I think we should move on. Um, do, and I'm going to move on to uh, a trio of drug stories. <laughs> I'm just going to do all of my drug stories because I, 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 I just could have... Just drop them all. Yeah, I was picking up stories over the week. It was only upon looking at them that I realised, yeah, they were all centred around narcotics. So there we go. Um, <laughs> I think you need to have a word with yourself. So um, the first one, uh, this is from... Uh, I'm not actually entirely sure where this was from, unfortunately. <laughs> not the important. United States somewhere, where a man who uh, a man named Cameron Mitchell, uh, apparently a undercover policeman, came up to him and asked him, inquired as to where he could buy some uh, crack cocaine. Uh, Mr. Mitchell then went into the boot of his car, apparently didn't have any crack cocaine, because what he did was crushed up some Pop-Tarts and then sold them to the police officer for $20. Wow. So, I mean, I, I guess, well, I guess he is doubling down on crime because he was uh, lying. He was, he was he was lying to a police officer and and like dealing in a, in a controlled substance all at well, once. Well, yeah, he was charged with creating and selling a counterfeit controlled substance. Which <laughs> well, yeah, that's the quickest, the quickest you've gone from innocent to a pretty serious felony. I don't know. Like, I mean, my feeling was of this is like, I don't feel it should be a crime because what he actually did was sell him some pop tart crumbs. Yeah, exactly. I don't think that's that shouldn't be a crime. That should be like a, a night in the cell in the cells. Yeah, exactly. to like like get teach you a lesson. Exactly. Maybe have some of the police some of the policemen laugh at fr- you through that tiny window. Yeah, because I mean, like, it's not like he actually sold cocaine. Yeah. Like he may not have had any cocaine on him. He might have just had loads of Pop-Tarts he was trying to get rid of. That's it. He's going to get institutionalised now. 
He's going to go inside and he's going to learn how to make real crack cocaine. Well, yeah, I mean, almost certainly he will actually end up in prison for like 50 years because this is America and America's yeah. mental. But yeah, because I, I, I could see his thought process. It might have been like, oh, I'll show this crackhead so that he'll f- rethink his life and not buy crack anymore. Yeah. If anything, he was doing a favour. He was trying to do like a Jedi mind trick, but instead it's, he got tricked. Yeah, instead he got tricked by an undercover cop. cop. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, Cameron Mitchell don't like probably won't be selling fake drugs anymore. But I, I feel that was an unfair arrest, really. Just you wait; he's going to be like the head of a major cr- crime cartel soon. Probably, yeah. Just because yeah. he got arrested that he's, one time for yeah. trying to do a good deed. <laughs> it's true. Thank. Wake up, America. <laughs> wake fucking, up. Wait, yeah. Fucking sheeple counterfeit drug trade should not be a crime i mean it should be a crime if it would injure someone but i think smoking pop tarts probably would harm you less than smoking crack cocaine well we had there had no studies have been done but if there's one study that i'm willing to kickstart it's 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 crack cocaine versus pop tarts the smoke off <laughs> which is more addictive it's like a blind taste testing yeah, I think that would be close because pop tarts are delicious. So yeah, they're they're also made of like illegal additives. So yeah, I mean it's, nothing it's... in them is. There's a reason you don't see them in the EE that much anymore. There's, yeah, but also there's a reason you only see one of three flavors in the EU because when you go to America, like there's an aisle. Yeah, you go to a supermarket in America. And you're just like, you walk into this aisle that's all different flavours of Pop-Tarts and you're like, oh my God. Yeah, whereas in the in anywhere in Europe, you have to actually ask the guy and he takes you into a room in the back where there's a single box of Pop-Tarts. Yeah, and I mean, you don't know, is it going to be chocolate? Is it going to be strawberry? Or is it going to be the the jam? Is that, it's, there's like a third flavour? Is it going to be crack cocaine? Is it going to be crack cocaine flavoured? I, th- I think the other flavour was actually, didn't they? Wasn't there a cinnamon one? I'm pretty Ooh. sure it's a cinnamon pop tart. Possibly. I don't really I'm not really down with pop tarts. Really? I've got some good memories of pop tarts. I've got the like the the same um attitude towards pop tarts as I do mince pies and that is like maybe once or twice every year I'm like oh. I think I like these and then I try them and I'm like nope, nope, still don't like them. Oh, I, I mean just they're forgot. not they're not something you could have on a regular basis, but no. I, I I mean I quite like a mince pie, so uh yeah. Both mince pies and pop tarts quite like one. Speaking of mince pies, we're on that we're on that creep, G. Really? Yeah. That's well. To be fair, I did notice um, and a, a shout out to Meg Smithman, our, our, our top fan, because I walked past the bar named uh, called Missoula in Manchester, <laughs> which is always hilarious. Because because um, as I have learned from her, Missoula is not that exciting a place, but Manchester does have a have a fancy cocktail bar named after it. And yeah, it's doing bookings for Christmas parties. Now. Yeah, like Sainsbury's, our local uh, supermarket of choice. They've got like half an aisle dedicated to Christmas uh, baked goods already. That's mental. I know, man. Who's buying those things now? They're just going to go off. I don't know. But, like, I guess it's just the really long shelf life products. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I'm Yeah, all kinds of stuff, man. All of the... They've, they've already got, like, Christmas stuff up, like, um, like, all of their... A bunch of their point-of-sale dressing is already up for Christmas. But the thing is, obviously, they don't want to get in trouble, so it's just all Christmas themed, but none of it says Christmas. So there's stuff yeah. with like reindeers and Christmas trees on it. I'm like, don't you try and fool me, Sainsbury's. Is it a really massive Sainsbury's? It is, yeah. Okay, well, yeah. I mean, it's still not acceptable, but it's it's more plausible that way. <laughs> Fucking creep. I mean, to be fair, it doesn't feel like it's the end of September at the moment. I know. Like on, we get, we're getting on, close. On Sunday, I was sat in a park drinking, uh, um, eating churros and, um, and and drinking some, like, elderflower alcohol thing. That fucking ponce. It was like a it was like a, a Friends of the Park party thing. Wow. It was all right. <laughs> There was a ridiculous amount of people in the park. Oh, well, that's good. Um, the yeah. park has a lot of friends, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a friend of the park. I'm just a... You I'm don't a, like the park. I'm an, acquaint- an acquaintance. I'm an acquaintance of the park. 
you and the yeah. park may have once been friends, but ever since that fateful night, you haven't really spoken that much. Yeah, the um, the, the the park is Chilton adjacent, hence explaining the home brewed elderflower alcohol thing. <laughs> um, so, getting back to my drug stories. Yeah. Tell me uh, all about drugs. So, so we have Pop Tart Man. Uh, our next story in stupid things with drugs. Um, it comes from Phoenix, Arizona, again in the United States. Keep it up, keep it up, America. Um, where Walter Earl Morrison, who uh, was working for UPS at the uh, Phoenix Airport, was unloading the cargo section when he came across a diamond worth one hundred sixty thousand dollars. Wow! Now. Um, that's not that's not a small amount of money. It's not a small amount of money. I mean, there are questions I have to ask, which is like, why you? Where did you find that? it? <laughs> yeah, where, where did you? Well, yeah, where did you find it, and, and why had the owners decided to like put it in a like little envelope and send it via UPS, which seems like a mental way to transport diamonds. Yeah, but I digress uh, because. Mr. Morrison's uh, main thought on uh, on finding the diamond was could you just buy some weed? Some, yeah. Some is one way of describing yeah, it. Like, all I mean, of the did, weed. All of the weed. Um, he, he didn't use it to buy all of the weed, though. He bought it to buy $20 worth of weed. It's not much of a... Uh, let me just work that out. So how much was how much was the diamond? Uh, $160,000. $160,020. Okay, so you uh, just carry the 10 times by... Okay, so he lost out by approximately... You're a stupid fucking percent on that yeah so yeah i mean the dealer made a profit of 158 like a hundred bazillion all the money he made in profit um though i i don't believe he did keep that profit because obviously he then had a stolen diamond so he was equally as stupid because how the fuck do you get rid of a diamond there are fences we all know this there are fences people fence diamonds it's yeah. not like they're ID tagged. I feel if you're the sort of guy who's selling selling weed to guys who work at the airport, probably don't know that many fences who'll handle stolen diamonds. Yeah, I'm... but to be honest, that guy's probably one step closer to the to the illegal diamond market than we'll ever be That's... because he's already dealing in weed. Um, anyway, everyone involved was caught. Uh, <laughs> of course, they were. Walter Morrison is now in on trial and no longer works for UPS, which is surprising. <laughs> seeing as he did the one thing he's never supposed to do, he did, and then done a stupid thing again. Yeah, it's like, it's like mm, should I steal this diamond? No, I'll probably be caught. He didn't do that. He thought, yes, and I'll then sell he... this diamond and then sell it for no money. <laughs> I'll I'll sell it. I'll trade it for something that is worth much less, and then then and then I'll smoke that thing, <laughs> and then I'll go to prison. <laughs> That's not very clever. Mm-mm. Um. So yeah. Uh. And then we come on finally to our third and final drug story of the evening. Uh. This is from China, uh, where a restaurant owner has uh, has been arrested. Uh, the Chinese noodle, venue, noodle vendor in northern Shanxi province has been detained for fe- 10 days after admitting he added powdered opium to his dishes. Well, this, this, these noodles are really Moorish. Um, now, there's a few facts in this, in this case which are weird. Really? So, no. So, I mean, beyond adding the opening... Uh, so, he, I mean, he admits he added the opening opium to the noodles to make them more Moorish. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. Which is a good plan, I guess. That's a pretty, yeah. That, uh, as far as, like, drug uses go, that's probably a, a use a use for drugs that you can you can vouch for. It will uh, make your food more, more Moorish. Yeah. Um, he was caught after a police stopped a vehicle driven by a 26-year-old man who was driving erratically. <laughs> After uh, eating some noodles. Yeah, well, yeah, but he, he he said, I haven't been drinking, I haven't taken anything. So they asked him to pee in a cup and it came back as positive with opium. So I'm like, uh, yeah, you've been taking opium. He's like, I absolutely have not. All I've done was <laughs> eat, eat, eat some noodles at 
at that place with my family. But I think we're also in the car and we're also acting a bit stoned. <laughs> so he tested the rest of the family and found that they all had opium. Wow. Uh, and then went to the noodle restaurant where they tested the noodles and realised, yeah, they were uh, <laughs> super, super addictive. The noodle shop, which was just full of cushions and people lying down next to half-eaten bowls of noodles. Um, the man had bought uh, roughly two kilograms of opium. Jesus Christ. How so, much, like... What's the street value of two kilograms of opium? Well, well, in China, that's 600 yuan. It's around $98, which I've got to say, <laughs> it's a really good deal. <laughs> We're in the wrong fucking business. <laughs> yeah, I kind of, I don't know. I mean, I guess I, like, I guess like you just trip over and you fall into opium in China. <laughs> the streets are paved with opium. I guess so. But, I mean, I don't really understand that because, I mean, I know a little bit about history. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the entire basis of, like, Britain's relations with China. Was the getting them fucked up on opium, wasn't it? There wasn't much opium in China. Yeah, we were basically their drug pimp. Yeah, exactly. So I guess now they own the means to production. I, I suppose so. I su- that's probably why they now own Hong Kong. <laughs> that's probably why they now own everything. Yeah, that's true. Because they just re-centralised their opium production and then we're like, right, we're sorted. Close the borders, lads. <laughs> Stuck cranking out those cracker toys. We're on it. <laughs> Unfortunately for the business owner, his plan was unlikely to work because uh, the amounts of opium he was putting in his noodles made it very unlikely that people would become addicted. All oh, right, okay. It just there were just noodles that made you feel really chill. Yeah, I guess so. Um, also, I mean, it's like that classic, you know, when the police came round to school and were like, "Yeah, people will secretly give you heroin so you become addicted to it." And it's like, yeah, but then you wouldn't realise you were addicted to heroin, so that doesn't work. You just like really like these flapjacks. I, I still always remember the policewoman who came to our school and told us that we shouldn't wear. Like you know those kind of like temporary tattoos. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Because they like they would they told us that as well that like they put LSD in them. Yeah. One that they put LSD in them, which was you know hilarious enough, and then two that that would get you addicted to LSD. So uh, yeah, because because you would know you would know a that it was the it was LSD in the temporary tattoos as a child that that, that was doing it to you, and b you'd know a good dealer as well at the I age of like ten. See that LSD would be addictive. I, I just feel that perhaps the police don't know as much about drugs as they let on. I think that uh, that's that's almost definitely true. <laughs> um, apparently, there were similar cases of uh, opium laced noodles in 2010 and 2012. So this is this is not a uh, this is not not a new um, yeah. caper to pull. No, this this is not a one off incident in China. The, the Joe Pass noodles caper is an old. It's a, it's pretty played by now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just whenever anyone sort of says to a policeman, "Have you tried their noodles? They're really nice." They're like, "Oh, oh hang like, on a minute, <laughs> hello, hello. we got to check these guys out." That's also how Chinese policemen speak. Is like it? Cockneys. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, what's all this then? They've all they've all learned um, how to do police work from one uh, one British police teaching video from the late nineties. Yeah, all they've done is is uh, is listen to old episodes of Dixon of Doc Green and, and watch the bill, <laughs> the bill with Chinese subtitles. Probably exists. Is the bill still going? Uh, I'm it going must have finished by now. No. Is Casualty still going? Ah, uh, I reckon Casualty still lives. Okay, you think Casualty lives, but the bill has has passed on. Is Casualty still on TV? Let me just... Is Casualty on? Is just BBC One. Uh, yes. Yes, still running. Okay. Now, now uh, we need to find out if a bill is on. And um, I'm trying to think, was there ever a fire service-related TV London's show? London's Burning. Of course, London's Burning, yes. The bill... No, the, the bill finished on the 31st of August 2010. So, so we're a bit, bit out on that one. No, four years ago the bill finished. Yeah, what about Lon- I, I feel like London's burning. If it hasn't already come back and then gone away again, it's due. 
Yeah, I feel like London's Burning is probably cancelled in the 90s. Is London's Burning... Oh, no, the first... The fir- if you just search for Is London's Burning on Google, the first question that comes up is, Is London's Burning Back? <laughs> um, and the answer see. is... Um, <laughs> London's Burning is Back! Says a um, says a post on a forum from two thousand and eight. So no, <laughs> no. Apparently, um, the smoke, which is a um, which is another uh, another like firefighting drama, is a spiritual successor to it. But it's a bit more hardcore. Of course, it's a bit more two thousands. It's a little bit more. Uh, I think it's uh, by all accounts, it's more. Uh, it's kind of like a cross between the wire and London's burning. It's the dark night of London's burning. <laughs> he's not the he's not the 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 chiselledly good looking firefighter that we need, but he's the one that we deserve. <laughs> I'm always I'm always unsure about which way that quote goes around. I can never entirely. Oh, it doesn't matter, does it? it? Doesn't I bet matter. it's been I bet it's been misquoted by like hundreds of libertarians by now. Yeah, I maybe imagine even thousands. It's probably misquoted in the film because either yeah. when you think about it, it does make sense and yeah. also makes no sense. Yeah, that's that's the Christopher Nolan Batman movies for you. <laughs> no, we could never do an episode about talking about Christopher Nolan. I know it's because he's he's like permeated our society so deeply. I had a guy on Steam um, last week try and add me whose avatar was was a uh, was a man's face that was half Tyler Durden and half um, the Heath Ledger Joker. Oh fuck off! That's yeah. like the worst thing in the world. Yeah, yeah. No. I, 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 mm, yeah. Was he thirteen? I don't know. No, but the thing is, like, you say that, but my 13-year-old guys, the ones in my Destiny army, they're like, they would probably think that both of those things are kind of fucking stupid. Well, good. Because for a 13-year-old, like, growing up in 2014, I bet Fight Club means fucking nothing. That's true, actually. Because, like, we're through that point now. Now we're... Now, because of, like, the era of YouTube celebrity... Like, like, it means everybody is special again. I fucking, I, I, I've realised, like, I used to kind of go on YouTube a reasonable amount, and I just yeah. aren't anymore, because whenever I go on it, all that greets me is, like, pictures of teens gurning. Yeah. Like, what is that? Like, what? What is that? That something seems to have happened that kind of, like, YouTube has decided that the... The, the way the information is now displayed is a teenager making a stupid face. One of um, one of the um, one of the teens in my Destiny clan is already has a monetized YouTube account. King Hal. He's thirteen, we, and you we, can't even be mad because because I haven't managed that. No, exactly. <laughs> baffling it's it's yeah it's kind of baffling and amazing at the same time but it, you just got to remember that like you gotta you gotta befriend some teens man because otherwise they're just gonna walk over your broken body <laughs> they're already out competing as economically yeah i know the I mean, there's a reason we're the lost generations so. yeah <laughs> but yeah but at this point we're literally lost because yeah, we can't use the internet as well as anybody else yeah we we can't use the internet um as well as teenagers but we don't actually have any skills. Yeah. It's not gone well. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of skills... Okay. Um, I, I bring you now a story from, from space. space. Uh, this, is, uh, this is a story from NASA, from their website, that I wanted to share with you, G, because uh, they're 3D printing things in space. You might already be aware of this. I mean, it does seem like the sort of place where you should be doing 3D printing. Yeah. Because those are both things that you do in the future, so it's only reasonable that they, they're both happening in the same place. They're, so they're, they're, they're currently f- like finishing off final testing of a, of a 3D printer that they're going to send to the ISS um, mm. at the end, so in autumn this year, so probably in the next couple of months. Yeah. Um, and uh, they're asking future engineers... Uh, so it's basically engineering students. Yeah. Um, that you've got a, if you pass a number of three D um, CAD design challenges on their website, you can um, 
you can make enter a contest to have a 3D printed tool entered into their um, their thing, and the five best ones will will be printed out as test tools um, on the International Space Station. Now you see, this fits in with something I was thinking just this morning as I walked to a tram. Like in a couple of years. 3D printers are going to mean we can't do sex toy reviews anymore. Yeah, I know because everything will be. They'll be like that. Like whatever you want, it's, it's done. Give me it's... 15 minutes. <laughs> um, which, if you're alone in space, is probably exactly what you need. Yeah, so you're you're thinking it's just going to be like 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 five different kinds of dick. Yeah, like I mean, and also something to like. Yeah, because you're in a weightless environment, like things are going to be floating around. You need to sort out that issue as well. Um, so, so maybe solve that one first. Yeah, and like, then I'm, get onto the dicks. I'm not saying it's just going to be a dick. I'm just I'm saying they're going to be heavily engineered, like to heavily fit engineered, the, like tech dicks. Yeah, exactly to fit the situation. That's Next the sort of gen thing. 3D printed tech dicks. Do you think we should enter this competition? Are we allowed to enter this competition? I know. I don't think we. We don't think we're classed as um, future engineers. Can, why not? Why can't we be future engineers? Oh, well, I guess you are a student. Yeah, exactly. We're both. We're both forward-thinking people. <laughs> we know what they need in space. Exactly. We just, just thinking that, like, can you imagine like Apollo thirteen, where they're like, okay, we've got to. Uh, We've got to fix this problem with the sh- with the lander um, using only the things we have here. And then one guy's like, or we could just get NASA to send us the 3D print CAD for our printer and just make a new one. They're like, yeah, sorted. Yeah, sweet. We just made what we need. Easy. Right? We can go anywhere now. <laughs> but if they're also, if they can 3D print things in zero G, surely we must only be about 10 years out from T Earl Grey hot. Well, yeah. I mean, they're basically replicators, aren't they? Yeah. Like, all they need to do is do what was implicit in Star Wars, if not explicit, which is be able to turn poop into anything. <laughs> you, <laughs> mean, you, mean, you mean Star Trek? Star Trek, sorry, did I yeah. say Star Wars? Oof. Yeah, you said Star Wars. Sorry. Because I don't think anybody thought about poop in Star Wars, not for a second, whereas Star Trek, I'm sure that there is, that there's a flowchart somewhere. Yeah, which I, I've almost certainly seen. Yeah, a Wikipedia entry about what happens to poop in Star Trek. Um, <laughs> it gets made into TL Grey hot. Well, yeah, I mean, in th- fact, in fact, actually, in in the parlance of um, of Starfleet, TL Grey hot is actually the uh, that's the phrase that's used on the replicators to conjure up a cup of warm shit water. Which is why nobody will talk to Captain Picard too close to his face. Because <laughs> he's always drinking liquid shit. Not many people know that. Not many people do know that. Yeah, that's why he's bold. That's why he's going bold, because he just drinks so much raw feces. <laughs> well, that went in a direction. And that's why he's the best captain. Yeah. Um, if if you need to know more, just search up some of uh, some of Simon's uh, some of Simon's Star Trek fan fiction. Yeah, <laughs> I bet that exists. What what Star Trek fan fiction where John Luke Picard drinks shit? Yeah, almost hundred percent certain. Like, there is no doubt that that exists. Shit, like just any shit. There's only a few. Riker's shit. There's probably thousands. <laughs> Yeah. All kinds of word plays on number one and number two. Well, I mean, it writes itself, really, doesn't yeah. it? If this doesn't exist, we have to write it, G. I'm sorry. Yeah. Data was number two, and as far as I'm aware, he didn't shit. So. It, no, Data doesn't shit because he is an android. <laughs> I always find it kind of unfair, but like, whereas Riker gets called number one and isn't allowed a name, Data, who is number two, is called Data all the time. <laughs> Well, they've got to like keep him down. They've got to remind him that he's not human. What by using his slave name? Yeah, they have to use his, that's his android slave name. <laughs> well, how would they like get so much mileage out of the is data or is data not human storylines if they talk to him like a normal person? <laughs> that's right. Because maybe 40% of Star Trek Next Generation is just data trying to work out what being human is. Yeah. I always find it odd that they make such a big deal about that as well. It's like it's like you literally just saw like 
like the first thing they do is see like immortal etheric space jellyfish <laughs> and then they're really freaking out it's like is he a robot it's like well who gives a fuck you literally met a god yeah who gives a fuck this nebula wants to be your friend <laughs> you idiots <laughs> I don't care if he's dreaming about Sigmund Freud. That's not a big issue for anyone. Oh, he's trapped on the holodeck and now he's a gangster. Or was, that, the, was that Picard? Um, y- or was yeah. it both of them? No, he got trapped in the holodeck when it, there were gangsters trying to shoot him. Um, Data became a, a, like a, he became like a, a Western criminal. Remember, he was like the bankrupt sheriff oh, of a town. Yeah, of course. He was trying to kill Worf's irritating son. Oh, Jesus. Like the, the, the holodeck episode, the trapped in a holodeck episodes of Next Gen were the best and worst episodes. <laughs> uh, I, I, I watched the other day. I thought, maybe it's not as bad as I remember. The one where Data's taken over by like a Mesoamerican space god and has to do, <laughs> and Brent Spiner has to do loads of voices. <laughs> Fucking hell, I, I nearly slipped my wrists. It was the worst thing in the world. I think that like there are a bunch of moments in Next Gen where you can tell that the original script of that episode did not call for Data to do voices, and then Brent would just not shut up about it, so yeah. he just had to put it in. Yeah. Like, okay. And then and then and then he demands to be given the launch codes as an ancient Egyptian. And he's like, Yes. <laughs> Now I, can do my, hieroglyphics. now I can do my ancient Egyptian voice and all his voices are just talking like this. <laughs> he does monotone and talking like this. He does, he does really stupid or really boring. Those are the two voices he does. Data was always my favourite when I was a child, though, so, so you know. I guess it pulled, he pulled it off. Because you're a massive socially awkward nerd. Yeah. And I think that also that, like that my my love for data just carried on into mass effects and got worse because legion is my favorite character for mass effect so you know yeah. which think, is like one step further down that road i think my favorite star trek character was um was riker was riker yeah riker was cool you played the trombone like i did <laughs> oh you played the trombone yeah if you know, did you not know that about- no i didn't know that <laughs> i liked riker but but he he seemed a bit too much like my dad <laughs> and I would always be like, oh, that guy's kind of like my dad. That's not cool. <laughs> also, my dad would be like, my mum would be like, hey, he looks a bit like you, Mark. And my dad would be like, no, he doesn't. And then she'd give him this look, which I now know to be the sex look. Oh, no. <laughs> and it's now coming together in my mind why I, why I have a larger distaste for Riker <laughs> due to childhood trauma. So yeah, we spoke about we spoke about uh, we we tried to speak about like NASA doing something cool, but we went we moved on to Jean Luc Picard drinking shit, and then, and then my mum was Star- having sex with Riker. Yeah, and then we spoke about Star Trek for twenty minutes. So if this, if that's the kind of thing you like, then this is the podcast for you. Uh, do you have anything else? I've got loads of other things. None of right, them keep, had anything to do with Star Trek, though. Well, keep going. Just, just okay. Around. Let's just plough on. Actually, stay with science fiction. Well, there you go. It does. I found a way. There's well, a way forward. Somewhere underneath. Hang on. Just let me pull all this 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 conjecture out of the way. Um, you're a, you're aware of the movie Total Recall, aren't you, G? Um, the remake or the original? So I'm the only original. aware. I'm only aware of the original. Yeah. Because I'd like the the remake was so bland it barely even entered my consciousness. Yeah, Total Recall, excellent film. Yeah, you know there's a uh, there's a there's a, a woman with three breasts in that movie. Yes, I do remember the woman with three breasts. Well, there was a story concerning uh, a real life version of that woman this uh, the, over the last week, um, which which was depressing and then somehow became more depressing, and it's kind of indicative of our society. Sorry, if you wait a moment. Excellent seg. Thank uh, I you very might, much. I might have used the fact that the bad guy in Tater Recall is is Ronnie Cox, who once played for the captain of the Enterprise in an episode where he pl- replaced John Luke Picard. So <laughs> there you go. 
Chain of Command, part one and two. Oh, Chain of Command's wicked. Yeah, the guy who's the captain is that, is the oh, best guy wow. the So an even better sec, if I do say so myself. Well, thank God that, thank God that both of us are here. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me while I jerk you to completion. <laughs> Thank God both of us have an encyclopedic knowledge of Star Trek. <laughs> so um, so this story comes from Florida, because where else? Mm. Um, where allegedly um, it was reported all over the internet last week that a, uh, a, a massage therapist from Tampa, who goes by the name of Jasmine Tridevil, uh, reportedly underwent surgery to get the three breasts from Total Recall. Um, it, she told... Um, a uh, a radio station called Real Radio 104.1 in Orlando uh, that she spent close to $20,000 on the procedure. Mm. Um, she said that she had to go to 50 different doctors before finding one who would give her the third breast. She said it was really fine to, hard to find someone that would do it too because they're breaking the code of ethics. Well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's good reason they're not doing it there. So, yeah. so is the third breast, is it like sort of in between her normal breasts? Yes, it is. Right. Yeah, I mean, I can't really see how... All right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, just like the woman from Total Recall, G. Yeah, so so it looked unconvincing, is what we She saying. said, yeah, she said um, the surgeon couldn't, um, couldn't create a silicon areola. So they had so they had, so she just had one tattooed onto the implant. So not, it's even less convincing looking than the one from Total Recall. Yeah. Because because like the the middle one is just a tattooed on nipple. Um and apparently they uh, they used a silicon implant in the in the middle of her chest and skin tissue from her stomach to make the graft. Um and she said that she um she got it because she wanted to star in her own MTV reality TV show. Okay. Um, she said that she had the surgery because she wanted to become in, unattractive to men in addition to gaining fame. Uh, she said she doesn't want it's... to date anymore. So, so right, okay, so so one, her plan was to be, get on MTV, which is depressing because it's 2014 and she wants to be on MTV. Yeah, um, and, like, and since the first series of Catfish, there's just not been anything good on MTV. Yeah. I mean, it, it, as, as we discussed previously, what she should have done was become a YouTube superstar yeah. and have a picture of herself against the primary colour background making a face. There you go. With, now we with, know. With, with the headline, top nine teams looking at free boobs. Um, but then, then her argument was she was doing it to make herself unattractive to men. Yeah, apparently. Which it seems an odd way to go about it. It's like, hmm, men like breasts, so I'll get an extra one so they don't like me anymore. Yeah, but I get, like, she doesn't look particularly attractive in the no, I mean, picture I, of herself where she's got the three breasts. I, I um, can say I, I personally would be a bit put off by a woman with three breasts, but I imagine a lot of men would go for it because they're yeah, disgusting. Exactly. So, uh, so, so there you go. Um, that was her plan uh, and that story break. Apparently, her father is um, her father is not happy, but he's had to accept it. That's what she said. How old is she? No, I don't know. <laughs> okay, I would uh, say looking at her, probably a little bit older than us. Right. Okay. And uh, and did she have a name Tri Devil before or after she had three boobs? Uh, now, so this is where it gets a little bit murky. Right. Uh, so okay. literally a day after this story broke on the internet. Um, the fine investigative journalists at TMZ, mm. uh, or as we would call it TMZ, because we're not morons, yeah. um, obtained a document from the Tampa International Airport Police Department dealing detailing an incident of luggage theft, which led to a surprising revelation. Someone stole a bunch of luggage off an American airline conveyor belt, including a black nylon roller bag, TMZ said, and the black bag apparently belonged to Tri-Devil because it had her tags on it. Yeah. Inside the bag was apparently a three-breast prosthesis. <sighs> so she never had three... Never I had mean, three breasts in the first place. That's an incredibly quick turnaround on yeah. that story, I've got yeah. to say. Because TMZ were like, no, 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 no. We, have, we 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 are the people that broke the video of that guy from Coney 2012 masturbating naked in the street. We will not accept this. Yeah, we, we have we, to go deeper. 
we, we we tracked down her flight plans and got someone to break into an airport and steal her bags. Yeah, because that's what we do. We're TMZ, fear us. Uh, and then uh, also Snopes has previously reported that the story might have been true um, as the only images of her implants come from her. Uh, they also discovered that the now defunct domain name tra- jasminetridevil.com is registered to a Tampa massage therapist named um, Alicia Hessler. Huh. Intriguing. So there we go. It took one day for... For Jasmine Tridevil, the lady with three breasts, to just be to be torn down. Yeah, and become... so we know your game. <laughs> but I think that like this is the state we're at in 2012, where like like reality in TV 2012? in 2014, fucking hell, <laughs> where reality TV has become so like saturated that that we people will do literally anything. They will literally pretend they have a third breast just <clears throat> to get on MTV. I feel that's more depressing, like, that it was to get on MTV. Like, yeah, and, like, not- the fact that, like, I, I, I kind of find that I get the feeling that, like, getting the prostate prosthesis made and then pretending that you'd have plastic surgery is kind of almost more sad than just getting the plastic surgery. Yeah. I don't know why, I just have a gut feeling. It's, well, it's the lie. It's the yeah. lie that makes it more depressing. The fact that you thought that you should lie about it. Yeah, the fact that you just didn't, like, stand around with three breasts and let everyone make up their own conclusions. <laughs> I think that could have worked. Our own conclusions, which apparently should have been, um, should have been, this girl should be on MTV <laughs> <laughs> with these three tits. Oh. Um, no, tell me, I'll tell you, I tell you um, someone who might have some advice for this for this young woman okay somewhat surprising so um as, as you might know i read the garden newspaper that's my newspaper of choice um and i was scrolling i was scrolling through their website the other day and i i, I looked at their uh, agony art section which is something i don't normally do but you know i thought see if there's any if anything entertaining in there um now do you have any idea who the Guardian's Agony Aunt is? No, I don't. Please enlighten me. Um, it's famous Hollywood actress Molly Ringwald. <laughs> and for those of us, uh, those of us who don't know who who this famous Hollywood actress is, or how why she's famous, would you like to explain to our listeners? Um, I guess the star of Breakfast Club, Pretty in Pink. Films like that. She was she was a teen idol of the yeah. 1980s. That's a bit weird. I mean, she doesn't seem particularly uh, particularly yeah. qualified to hold the position of agony aunt. Yeah. So so the, the first so she's only done three of them so far. Uh, the first one begins when I was asked to write an advice com- column. I was confused. Why me? I'm well, not a therapist. I've never even played one on TV. Most of you know me as <laughs> like an that. Actor. That would uniquely qualify you. Yeah, I like the fact that she's basically pointing out, like, I don't know why I've been given this yeah. job. Me neither, guys. Sorry, I'm just going to do my best. <laughs> I thought so I just much. lucked into this. Haven't really had much on. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not going to has... look a gift horse in the mouth. It, that's the most baffling thing. Someone at the Guardian is like, oh, I mean, in new agony art, the old one's left. Who should we call? Um, what's uh, what's uh, what's Molly Ringwald up to? <laughs> Why would your mind go there? Maybe you've just you've just watched that movie. You've just watched Breakfast Club. Yeah, they just watched Breakfast Club. <laughs> like, kind of shit, shit. The editor's asking me to think of someone. Ah, uh, Molly Ringwald. <laughs> Is that the one that finishes with the, with Simple Minds? Is that Breakfast yeah, Club? Yeah, yeah. Don't you forget about me. Yeah. So they're well. like they're like maybe they're listening to that song and they're like Molly Ringwald. <laughs> I guess it's just like the weirdest. <laughs> so what's what's her advice been like? Has she done any advice yet? Um, no, I do have to say. So she's given three pieces of advice. Um, any good? The- Fine, absolutely fine. Oh, good. Oh, good. Well, well, obviously, somebody, maybe somebody, um, maybe she gave somebody from the Guardian advice. I guess so. And they're like, wow, she's deep. I'll give you the three questions. Um, So the first one is. 
dear Molly, my circle of friends is generally wealthier than me. They're all going on holiday and have offered to pay for me. I don't feel comfortable accepting, but I hate the idea of being stuck at home. Is it a bad idea to go? Now, what would your advice be? Fucking coast on that wealth. Obviously, like, they like you enough to pay for the money, so maybe deal with any self any self-worth issues you may have and then just enjoy the holiday. Right, okay, so, so she gave a different answer, which I agree with. Which Okay, you I'm disagree par- with my answer. Yeah, I'm agreeing with Molly Ringwald here, which is basically, well, she starts off, there is no free lunch. In fact, there is no free anything. They're going to make you do all their dirty work. Also, going on holiday with a group of friends is, is generally stressful and shitty, so this is going oh, to yeah, make that it is more true. stressful yeah. and shittier. Yeah, I, like, me and Nicole were talking about this, like, the, like we were like, why don't, like, why have we never been on holiday with anybody else before? For. Oh, because that would be terrible. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. that's why. So, yeah, those are advices. No, that sounds like an awful idea. Why would you do that? Which is the right answer. Okay. Um, the second one is a classic, um, my friends. Yeah. So, so I'll, I'll, I'll reframe it. Uh, dear Molly, I am worried about my 14-year-old daughter. She's spending more and more time in a room with, with friends, including boys, and refuses to talk to us. They're worried about what, but we're worried about what she gets up to. Last week, I decided I wanted to put a surveillance camera in her room. I'm desperate, but I, but I'm, I'm worried this might be a terrible idea. What do you think? Yes, that's a fucking terrible idea. <laughs> yeah, and her advice is, is that is a terrible idea. <laughs> foster a like. How about you try and foster a healthy dialogue with your with your teen daughter? Yeah, yeah. Her, her, her answer is. Ask her to leave a door open if she's bringing if she's bringing boyfriends around. If she doesn't want to, then ask her to go elsewhere. But she's probably going to have sex with him there, so you should probably have the talk already. Yeah, <laughs> good advice from Molly. Get Rick. prepped. Yeah, like um, like like it doesn't matter how you feel. Like the Huns are at the gate. <laughs> um, right, and, and the most recent one, which is where I first spotted her advice. I am 23 and my girlfriend wants to take a sabbatical from our relationship to take a year out and travel the world without promising to stay faithful or even in touch. She says we can see where we are in a year and I'll have my freedom too, but the idea makes me feel sad. Is she right to buy a bit of time or is this just a creative way of saying goodbye? And she says, dear lovesick, this is a creative yeah, way of saying she's goodbye. Fucking, like, like the best case scenario is that's what it is, and the worst case is that she's just fucking playing you. Yeah, and basically what she said is, she's going to travel the world and have a load of sex, so you should probably do the same. Yeah, um, yeah. Enjoy you don't fact. even have to travel the world. I yeah. mean, like, there are multiple systems by which you would you could get plenty of that, like, just uh, like in your hometown. Yeah, and at one point she actually says, "If you and your soon-to-be ex-girlfriend both choose to see see each other the, after a year apart, and you feel you can reconnect, that's great. But don't worry about it until yeah. then." So yeah. yeah, so I've got to actually say, Molly Ringwald is probably one of the better agony aunts I've read. We're down with Molly, <laughs> but I don't know how she got the job in the first place. Well, I guess like maybe maybe somebody just felt that on like a spiritual and philosophical level, she was perfectly stated suited for the job maybe that's what it is i guess so (laughs) right i think we're coming up to the end of time on the show we are actually yeah yeah um thank you very much for listening you don't have any last stories or anything i have i have something i'd like to end on but we'll do all of the housekeeping and stuff okay so yeah thank you very much for listening if you've enjoyed the show uh please tell a friend um uh Facebook is facebook.com forward slash errand of mercy. Please like the show if you like the show. Um, you can find it on iTunes or via Feedburner or just basically anything else where you can get podcasts off of. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Cool. I've got. So uh, so what have you got to end on? Okay, so? I'd like to end on um, the most British sentence ever, t- ever typed into the internet. Okay. Um, This is a sentence from the Metro um, about a complaint that the BBC received this week um, in which Points of View, the famous uh, BBC viewer opinion show, uh, was written into by a Mrs. Shirley Fruke um, who said that um, that Great British Bake Off was getting smuttier and smuttier and it's totally unnecessary. She felt that Mary Berry was quite embarrassed on the first programme of the series and so was she and her family. <laughs> 
That's Shirley Fook writing into points of view about the Great British Bake Off. Complaining that it is getting smutty. Smutty cakes is where smutty. we end tonight. <laughs> which, which in and of itself is somewhat of an innuendo. Yeah, so so please, I hope you enjoyed episode 93, Smutty Cakes. <laughs> and good night. We found it. We did it. <laughs> Que eu não creia no destino E o meu fado é nem ter fado nenhum Cantado bem, sem sequer o ter sentido Sentido como ninguém, mas não ter sentido algum Ai que tristeza esta minha alegria Ai que alegria esta tão grande tristeza Esperar que um dia eu não espere mais um dia Por aquele que nunca vem e que aqui esteve presente Ai que saudade que eu tenho de ter saudade, saudade de ter alguém que aqui está e não existe. Sentir-me triste só por me sentir tão bem, alegre sentir-me bem, só por eu andar tão triste. Ai se pudesse não cantar, ai se pudesse e lamentasse não ter Nenhum lamento Talvez ouvisse no silêncio Que fizesse uma voz Que fosse minha Cantar alguém cá dentro Ai que desgraça esta sorte Que me assiste Ai mas que sorte eu viver Tão desgraçada Nem certeza que nada mais Certo existe além da grande Certeza de não estar Certo de nada Ai que saudade que eu tenho De ter saudade, saudade de ter alguém 